You're welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor T.B. Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Glory to God. Now we have been dealing with the weapons of our warfare. Amen. We have been looking at 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5, and adjoining scriptures that deal with the same subject. We have come to the end or the last four months of this year, and whenever we come to the close of a year, there are anxieties, there are fears. Some we may have reasons to, but when you look at God's word, there is no reason why a believer should allow fear or anxiety in his heart. And I've come to understand that the devil also tries to take advantage of the end of the year, knowing that there are fears and anxieties. Some of you have targets that add. The years coming, you are now counting. Uh-huh. September, so so, uh-huh. remaining how many days? And all of a sudden, fear comes. And then all that you are doing now is out of desperation. I found out something. It doesn't take too much to step out of the faith line to be on the desperation line. Hallelujah. It doesn't take much. There are some people that have left the faith line and are standing on the path of desperation, but they don't know it yet. Because they think anytime desire is expressed, it means that I am acting in faith. No. There are times where it's not faith. I was sharing how some time ago I received a phone call and my mom was the one on the phone. And they were with a relative at the hospital somewhere and the person was gasping for breath and passing on, about to die. And she said, where are you? I want you to come now. I said, where? I, can't, I, won't, even be able, I won't be able to come. So, I was hearing at the background, no, she will not, no. They, they were just all shouting, people were shouting and all that, and all that, and all that. She said, so, so person is passing on. I was not being sarcastic. I said, the person is already dead. Why? What I heard at the background is <laughs> not fit. <laughs> they are killing the person. Amen. Somebody is gasping for breath and they see you shouting, hey, Jesus, Jesus, the person will die more. Amen. Are you listening to me? So I said, the path of faith and the path of desperation. Sometimes it looks alike. There are some believers that think that thing they are doing is faith. Meanwhile, they are desperate. It's fear. It's fear motivated. They are in a hurry because if it doesn't happen, they are going to, everything will end. But that's not why we respond to God's word. Amen. And I see that when we come to the close of the year like this, Satan likes to keep or push believers to an angle where rather than operating in faith, they are operating out of fear. 
If the land money does not come, the landlord will rent our house today. Oh God, money must come down. What's going on? What's going on? That's not faith. <laughs> Amen. Then you see the landlord maybe opens his door, maybe lives near you. As he brings, he say, "Oh God, start confessing what to double faster than you were confessing before." That's not what makes it happen. Hallelujah. And so today, I believe that God will establish your heart in His Word. Hallelujah. And you will be in faith. The Bible says, "Examine yourselves whether you be in faith." And we we do that from time to time. You examine yourself. You be sure. That you are in faith. That you are not acting out of desperation. The scripture I love in Isaiah. It says he that believeth will not make haste. It's not saying that the person will be unconcerned. There is a difference between concern and being worried. Two different things. The Bible never said we should not be concerned. But the Bible said we should never worry. Amen. 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 There are some people also... On this other side, their own is not faith also. is negligence. You can just have someone that's this I don't care kind of life. You know, I don't care kind of life. And he thinks that one is faith. No, that's not faith. Faith is a conscious effort. Hallelujah. That is made. Where the reason why you are not reacting this way... Or the reason why you are reacting this way is because of what God has said. Hallelujah. Let's give an example. We have people that are afraid. There are people that are afraid of many things. Some are afraid of what people will say about them. Some are afraid of losing their friends. Some are afraid of losing money. Some are afraid of tomorrow. Fears. And as long as we don't deal with those fears with the word of God, then Satan has us where he wants us to be. I gave an illustration in the first service about how the reason why some politicians are stealing and looting. Someone said there's a difference between stealing and looting. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's because of fear. The fear of, I don't want to go back to where I'm coming from. Amen. So acquire as much as possible. But anything you build on fear will not last. No matter how high it is. As long as it was built on fear, it will not last. And so I will encourage you, don't build your future on fear. Don't build your family on fear. Don't build your life on fear. And for you to be able to do that, then you need to understand these weapons of our warfare we're talking about. Hallelujah. So we go to 2 Corinthians 10. It starts by saying, for though we walk in the flesh, talking about though we are human, we do not walk after the flesh. Then he said, for the weapons of our warfare, he called it our warfare, hallelujah, are not carnal. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So he called it our warfare. And I explained that we must have the proper perspective of what the warfare is. The warfare is not as though we are fighting against the devil. 
Although the devil is the enemy. Hallelujah. There's no mistake about it. The enemy is the devil. But the warfare, we must have a proper understanding of what the scripture means by warfare. It's not Satan is shooting, we are shooting, Satan is shooting, we are shooting. No. We must approach this from the perspective of the victory that Christ has given to the believer. Hallelujah. We have been given a territory. And we are told to make sure that the enemy does not encroach on that territory that we've been given. Hallelujah. That's the understanding you should have about the warfare. But the important thing, why the language warfare was used is trying to explain that we are in a conflict. That our conflict is not with human forces. So he said, our conflict is with spiritual forces. We find that in Ephesians 6 verse 10. Down to 12. At that point now, he's explaining that the conflict is against wicked spirits. Principalities, powers. Rulers of the darkness of this world and so on and so forth. But at the same time, we are in a position of advantage. Tell anybody, I'm in a position of advantage. Yeah, so it's not like we're in a war we're uncertain about. Oh, we don't know if we're going to win. No, we are already victorious. Jesus got the victory and gave it to us and we are maintaining the victory. That's, it. That's the issue. And the devil is trying to sway us. There's something I want to show to you in Ephesians 6 here. Um, yeah, this is scripture. It says, for we wrestle. Someone say, hey, we are wrestling with the devil. We are wrestling. No, no, no. The word there wrestle was not the way we use wrestle. When we say wrestle, it could be that, you know, there's a struggle. That's not the word that was used. Even if it was translated wrestle in English. The word means for we are not swayed. Hallelujah. And if you read the context from 10 to 18, you will see that the important thing was telling the believer is to maintain his stand. Hallelujah. To maintain his stand. So the word translated wrestle there means to sway. When someone tries to sway you from where you are, your position you are standing on. Trying to shift your ground. Hallelujah. That's the language used. Now, but that the forces that are trying to sway us are not human forces. They are spiritual forces. That's what the scripture is saying. Hallelujah. Are we together? So we have a conflict. The enemy is the devil. But the conflict is not an uncertain one. The victory is already ours. Hallelujah. All we are doing is maintaining a territory. When your perspective of the warfare is according to the New Testament, then you will not wake up at night and be warring with the devil. Amen. There are some Christians, 90% of their prayers are about the devil. It should be the other way around. Amen. 90% of their prayers are about it. If you just tell the brother now, give the brother a microphone, say, lead us in prayer. Just lead us, pray for us. Just lead us in prayer. 
Satan, anyhow you like. He starts with Satan. But even Jesus was teaching about prayer. He said, when you pray, pray like this. First thing, our Father. The prayer is addressed first. Our Father. Who art in heaven? He was saying that prayer should first worship Him. Hallelujah. Recognize the Father. But there are believers that even their morning devotion, they wake up ready to battle. Morning prayer, you just wake up in the morning. He said, every force of darkness around my vicinity, I fire. And there are certain terminologies we use in prayer when we are praying that shows that we don't even understand what Christ has done for us. Amen. We don't understand it. And then we start. That's how we wake up every day. No. Yes, we should wake up in faith. But we should not be devil conscious. That doesn't mean we don't believe that Satan exists. He exists. But don't be devil conscious. And you see a devil in everything. Hallelujah. You know people like that? The devil is in their wardrobe. The devil is in the cupboard. The devil is everywhere. There are people like that. But you see, if you live your life that way, then Satan has you where he wants you. I mentioned earlier in the first service about a propaganda of the devil where there seems to be so much information about what Satan is doing more than what God is doing. Are you with me? Everywhere on the news, everywhere, the press telling us what the devil has done again. Look at what the devil has done again. Why? So that there will be fear in our hearts. And so there are some of you too, in your neighborhood, the only thing you hear is about what Satan has just done. Ah, have you not heard Uncle Joe? He matched poison, he died. Eh? From that day when he started walking, anything that you don't, you don't understand, you won't step on it. Amen. <laughs> are you with me? It means that the information you are getting about the devil is making you now live your life based on what you are hearing. On fear. And the devil keeps pushing information to you. Every day. It could be about your health. It could be about your finances. Whatever. You keep hearing what Satan did to somebody. The man slept. He didn't wake up. Before now, when you want to sleep, you just read your Bible, pray a little. But now, since they told you the man slept, he didn't wake up. Before you pray, before you sleep, you pray some prayers. Amen. Amen. And perhaps you call your pastor just to hear his voice. To be sure. Amen. <laughs> you know, I put it like that, just call the pastor. You know. So one day I called the brother. I said, why did you call me? He said, Trudisha, I was afraid. So I just said, let me hear your voice. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. And there are believers like that. Let me say this to you. There are some ministers of the gospel, some of us, that have not helped the believers. Why? Because rather than teach the believer how he can be victorious over the devil by himself, some of us have made people depend on us to help them free, to be free from the devil. Every Christian has a right. Hallelujah. 
over the devil. Amen. Are you listening to me? You don't need to call pastor to cast out the devil. You can do it. Amen. My job is to teach you God's word. Amen. And after you've been taught the word, you should do it yourself. I keep sharing how Pastor Bernard in London called. He was, there's a lady he met in the UK and um, he wanted to pray with her. And they were at this open park. And the moment he just lifted his hand and they started worshipping, she started manifesting. He had never seen that. At least if, if, if it happened in Benin, you would say, ah, there are plenty here. <laughs> but right in London, and the lady fell on the floor and started doing some kind of things that he had only heard. <laughs> and there and then he called and said, Pastor, Pastor. I said, what's happening? He said, hey, I told you I was going to pray. Look at what's happening here. I said, That's, she's manifesting. I said, okay, well, go ahead. He said, eh, but the thing, the way... I said, cast out the devil. <laughs> Call me when you're finished. Amen. And there are believers like that. If it literally happens, they call. You can cast out the devil. Amen. You can cast out the devil. You can. But today is not casting out devils we're talking about. We're still talking about our conflicts. Now, for you, the Bible tells us in Ephesians, for we rest not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, verse 13, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. That means that the way that I can be protected against whatever the devil will do is if I put on the whole armor. Everybody say put on the whole armor. The complete armor. The full armor. Then he says if you put it on you will be able to stand. Please give me verse 11. 11 says, I love the way 11 puts it. Say, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Against the methods of the devil. Against the schemes of the devil. Against the plans of the devil. Against the strategies of the devil. Against the intentions of the devil. Against, he, he kept telling us, look, whatever the, 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 the devices of the devil. He said, you can stand against it when you put on the complete armor of God. So what a believer needs to learn is, what is the complete armor? What is the armor of God? Hallelujah. Because if I put on the complete armor, then I can stand against the wiles of the devil. No matter what the devil brings up against me, I will be able to stand. Glory to God. Now, you see, um, let me just add this to, to, to you. In the book of Ephesians, if you study, I, the book of Ephesians is a wonderful and interesting book. A book that every Christian should spend time feeding his spirit on. Hallelujah. In the book of Ephesians, there are three major truths that were established in the six chapters of Ephesians. And the first thing Paul established in the beginning of that book was the position of the believer in Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the first thing he was trying to establish. Look, we are seated with Christ in every places. Making us understand what Jesus already done for us. 
Hello? Then, when you get to chapter 4, he now starts talking about our conducts. Amen. The conduct of the believer. From 1 down to about 3, 2, past almost 3, he talked about our position. Then later I said talking about our conducts. That's where he told the believer, I said, lie not one to another. Seeing you have put up the old man and his deeds. Hallelujah. That's where he told him, he said, he said, he put it this way. He said, be angry and sin not. He's telling you your conduct, how to behave. Amen. Then, when he gets to chapter 6, he now tells the believer about his authority. Hallelujah. His stand. Amen. So someone will rightly say, sit, walk, stand. Amen. That's all the book was all about. So here now, we're talking about the believer's stand. The believer's stand. And he's telling the believer that for the believer to stand, he has to first put on the armor. He has to dress himself. He has to keep up for the event. Hallelujah. Or the conflicts. And then he can stand. If he doesn't dress up, he can't stand. And we have believers that are trying to stand when they have not put on the armor. Hallelujah. And they keep falling. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you put on the armor. And then he started listing out the armor using the Roman soldier as a perfect example to explain a spiritual truth. Hallelujah. Now even Jesus thought like that. Jesus used everyday things to explain spiritual truth. Now Paul also was using the Roman soldier's attire to convey a spiritual truth. So in verse 14, he starts by saying, Stand therefore, having your loins get about with truth. I said, I was wondering why did he start from the loins? Is in the CD for the first service. So you can get that one. So we'll go to the second one. Now he says, Stand having your loins get about with truth. Now, the next thing he said, Having the breastplate of righteousness. But let me just paint the perfect picture here. He said, your loins should be get about with truth. That means put on the belt of truth. He called it the belt of truth. The girdle of truth. He said, put on the breastplate of righteousness. Amen. Are you with me? Then verse 15. He now says, your, your feet, what covers it? The shoe of the preparation of the gospel of peace. So he had talked about what covers the feet. Then, he now talks about what covers the entire body. The shield of faith. Then, the sword of the spirit. And then the last one, sorry, the helmet of salvation. Then, the last one, the sword of the spirit. So, he has told you what covers the head, what covers the um, um, chest. And then, what covers the legs or the feet. After explaining all of this, you now ask, what was he actually talking about? And that's what we've been explaining. The armor. And he listed six of them here in scripture. No matter where you travel to around the New Testament, you will find that he was talking about the same thing in different ways. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Alright, so now we're taking on one of the armor, or the one, he said, the breastplate of righteousness. I've explained the schedule of truths in the first service. He said, put on, 
having on meaning it can be off hallelujah the breastplate of righteousness Paul perfectly understood and he was communicating this by the spirits that the breastplate is worn to cover the chest and all the vital organs hallelujah so he was saying that that which protects the hearts of the believer is righteousness amen amen that's what he was saying so put on righteousness amen so say how does someone put on righteousness how does someone put on righteousness how does someone put on righteousness what does he mean by put on righteousness you know there's a way people um i I read i've read several commentaries on this scripture the good the bad the ugly all of them and i found out something when people try to explain scripture as though you are explaining chemistry or physics then you are going to have a problem some people think he was saying put on truth don't tell a lie put on righteousness be pure put on are you understanding there are some commentaries that explain it like that put on when they get to the shoe they say put on peace eh? so but when they get to the sword of the spirit because they say put on salvation when they get there they always fumble you cannot explain one differently from any other one hallelujah if 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 these things were just virtues that god expected us to display or a good character then everything up to the sword of the spirit will be a good character if violence eh? <laughs> is it what sort of spirit with me are you understanding me so if you follow that definition it won't work obviously he was not talking about being honest he was not talking about returning money that you stole if that's not what he was talking about amen that's not talking about he was talking about something deeper than that are you with me and so when he said having on the breastplate of righteousness you will see he already knew what he was talking about because he had taught so much on righteousness paul had taught so much on righteousness so he knew what he was talking about now let me explain something to you why is righteousness an armor for the believer how does righteousness protect the believer no matter how long a child of God has been in the kingdom, if he does not understand that righteousness, he will always live in condemnation. Hallelujah. Always. And the reason why some believers cannot access some blessings in the New Testament is because they don't feel they qualify for it. I've laid hands on several people to be filled with the Holy Ghost. A good portion of them, the reason why they cannot receive the Holy Spirit is because they feel they don't qualify to receive the Holy Ghost. Why? Say, uh, you know, I'm very harsh at my wife. So I think that because of that, the Holy Spirit, God will not give me the Holy Spirit. I said, God is full like you, God wants to have the Holy Spirit so that you will not be harsh. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Because of the lack of the Spirit in your life, that's why you are harsh. Am I communicating? I've met people that say, eh, ha, if God gives Holy Spirit like to Paul, to this one, is it me? <laughs> you don't understand. Who am I now? Are you getting it? That is a lack of understanding of righteousness. Amen. 
The greatest thing righteousness did for the church was to put all of us on the same platform. Are you listening to me? Paul, yourself, myself, all of us plus Jesus put us on the same platform. Hallelujah. So that there's no sense of inequality in the faith. Say, this one is better than me. There's no better than me. The same price he paid for one, he paid for all. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? So, that understanding of righteousness is so important because it's an armor. The moment righteousness is not in place in your life, there will always be something the devil will tell you you cannot have. Amen. You are here, seven days of prayer, you are praying, 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 say you too. Eh? His sister so is praying, you too, you will call yourself and you are praying. Please save, 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 save your breaths. Leave, allow other people pray. You see someone that was praying, oh God, pray like that. Uh, just slow down. What, of, what put off that motion is a thought that has just been dropped in the mind. Then you know what the pastor is praying? Oh God, forgive me my sin. For the remaining part of the service, the person is praying about sin. Hello? And cannot partake. And there is an anointing in the atmosphere. Everybody is pressing in and praying. Sin will not allow that person to pray. Are you seeing what the devil is doing? That's an armor. Righteousness is an armor. And when it's not there, Satan will be able to afflict. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. There's no more protection. And that's why every child of God must put on righteousness. Okay. Paul wrote this. Let's look into his writings to understand what he meant by putting on righteousness. Let's look at Romans 3, verse 22. And we're going to look at Romans 3, um, 21 and 22. In 23, that's where you said, For all have seen and come short of the glory of God. But look at where it all started. Amen. Give me 20. Let's start from 20. So you all are good. Are you there with me? Therefore, by the deeds of the law... There shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Let this one register first. By the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. Meaning that if today now we go back and open the book of Leviticus and start practicing what was written in Leviticus. If a man tells a lie, he should bring a turtle dove and sacrifice it. You start from there now. You start shedding. You go and import turtle doves and import lambs and import oxen. Hallelujah. And you start doing that. The Bible says you will not be justified in his sight. Amen. Some of us don't go to do that. But we still have ways of trying to do things in our efforts to in our, in our own efforts, sorry, to please God. Amen. Are you understanding me? So that God will count us as just. But the Bible says the deeds of the law, we can never be justified by them. Amen. Did you see that? The verse 21, he now says, but now, everybody say now. now. Say now means now. Okay. Not, not tomorrow. It's not a promise. It says now. The present day. Now the righteousness of God without the law. The righteousness of God that does not need any backing from the law. The righteousness of God that is not based on the law is manifested. Amen. 
that, that kind of righteousness is manifested. Before now, the only righteousness people knew was the righteousness that was based on the law. But it says, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. Witnessed by the law and the prophets. The law and the prophets know that there was such a righteousness. Hallelujah. It has been manifested. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Are you seeing it? And see, we are partakers of that righteousness. Amen. And that's the righteousness that Paul is instructing us to put on as an armor. Hallelujah. Put it on. Amen. Amen. Okay. Now, after saying that it has been witnessed by the Lord and prophets, he said, even, he's not explaining what the, he called the name, the righteousness of God, which is by faith. Hallelujah. So in that scripture, you see two kinds of righteousness. A righteousness which is by the law and a righteousness which is by faith. Amen. He says, even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all. Does that include you? Upon all that what? Believe. For there is no difference. That's what I meant by righteousness puts all of us on the same platform. Amen. Are you saying there's no difference? There's no difference. Amen. Listen, I am not more righteous than you are. I might behave better than you, but I'm not more righteous than you. Amen. Are you understanding me? See, righteousness is not your behavior. Righteousness is God's nature that's been imparted into your spirit. Amen. Are you listening to me? That you need to understand that. So, he's saying that, hey, this righteousness of God by faith of Christ Jesus has been made is unto all and upon all that believe. Believing brings all of us to the same place. Amen. Are you seeing it? So he called it the righteousness of God which is by faith. Now, huh. Paul, you think Paul had finished dealing with this thing? No? Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Give me verse 3. In the same book, Paul kept pushing this righteousness issue. Because he understood that the righteousness was an armor for the believer. In verse, give me two. Okay, I'll start from here. For I bear them record, he was talking about his kinsmen, that they have a zeal of God. But the zeal they have is not according to knowledge. Then in verse 3, he now says, For they, who are they? The Jews. Being ignorant of God's righteousness. And going about to establish their own righteousness. If you didn't know anything, see it here. Two kinds of righteousness. God's righteousness, their own righteousness. Hallelujah. Did you see that? God's righteousness, your own righteousness. So he said, because they were ignorant of God's righteousness, they have gone about to establish their own righteousness. So the way to put on your, the righteousness of God is by being knowledgeable first about the righteousness of God. Amen. 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 Knowing about it. Knowing about it. So he said, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not, sub- hey, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. So, when Paul now is explaining the same thing in a different light, he's saying, submit yourself to the righteousness of God. Amen. Drop your own. Submit yourself to God's own. Amen. The same one he called the righteousness of God, which is by faith. Amen. So submit yourself to that one. Don't forget where we're coming from. 
having on the breastplate of righteousness. Amen. Talk about an armor that every believer should have. The breastplate of righteousness. That which protects the hearts from condemnation, from guilt. Hallelujah. From fear too. Amen. Glory to God. So, Paul had established that there is such a thing as his own, your own righteousness and God's righteousness. So, I still explain to you the same man writing by the Holy Ghost. In Romans 1, verse 15, put up verse 15. Paul was writing. Um, sorry, 17. Give me 17 instead. 17. Now, he said, for therein. Give me 16 so everybody will understand where we're coming from. In verse 16, he said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Alright? So, he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Hallelujah. Then verse 17, I say, for therein, what does therein mean? For in, that's in the gospel, in the gospel is the power, is the righteousness of God revealed. Amen. In the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed. And it is revealed from one dimension of faith to the other. Should I stay here a bit? So, righteousness is revealed in the word. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Righteousness is revealed. Righteousness is not based on what someone said. It's revealed in the gospel. Hallelujah. The more you look into the gospel, the more you will understand righteousness. Amen. Amen. Are, Are you with me? So, in, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed. So, some people have been looking for the righteousness, right? Where is it? It's in the gospel. Amen. It's in the word. When you look in it, it will be revealed. From one dimension of faith to another dimension of faith. Amen. Are you with me? Now, in the Old Testament, David had said something in, in the Psalms. Yes, the time he was praying and he said, open to me the gates of righteousness. It was a prophetic thing he was saying. Open to me. The... So, Bible scholars were wondering why he called them gates. Why didn't he say, open to me the gates? He said, open to me the gates of righteousness. Why would he say gates? Now, it's because of the same thing Paul was saying. Meaning that righteousness, hallelujah, the consciousness of righteousness is in different degrees. Amen. Are you with me? Are you with me? Okay, okay. The first thing righteousness establishes in your life is that righteousness makes you understand that you can approach God without fear, without guilt, without inferiority complex. Alright? So, because of righteousness now, you can pray. You can say, oh Father, I thank you because I'm your child. It's righteousness that gives you the right to talk to God and call him Father. But that's only one dimension. The next dimension of righteousness is that it's also righteousness that gives you the confidence to say, Satan, get lost. There are some people that have learned the path of righteousness, giving them a right to approach God. But they've not learned the path of righteousness, giving them a right to put Satan where he belongs. Are you with me? Are you, are you with me today? So, there are different degrees. He said, this righteousness of God is revealed from one measure of faith to another measure of faith. See, it's the same righteousness of God that makes some of us walk in the healing ministry. Are you understanding me? Because we come to understand that that's why we can say that the power of God is in our hands. Amen. It's still the righteousness of God. But it's in another degree. Amen. Are you with me? 
is the same righteousness. In the same way in which the righteousness starts first with a man praying to God, having confidence in God. The second dimension of it is that it gives him confidence to put Satan where he belongs. Amen. Do you know why some believers cannot cast out the devil? They are afraid the devil will not answer them. It's because they feel they, they don't qualify. Amen. Am I communicating? They say, ah, the Bible says the sons of Sceva jumped on those, um, the, the, the demons jumped, not the sons of Sceva jumping on demons. The demons jumped on the sons of Sceva. There was a jumping, whether whichever there was a jumping, amen. <laughs> so the, the demons jumped on the seven sons of Sceva and said, Paul, I know, uh, Peter, I know, who are you? And so some say, ah, I don't want that kind of thing to happen to me. The Bible never told us the sons of Sceva were born again. They were just young boys that seen something happening somewhere and went to do it. It never said they were born again. The Bible never suggested in any way that a child of God could not rebuke the devil. Never suggested it. Never. Not once. Not slightly. Not indirectly. Amen. Are you listening to me? Never. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Glory to God. So, the armor of righteousness, we should put it on. How do we put it on? Before I show you that, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. In 2 Corinthians 5, 21, Paul also was writing by the Spirit. For he had made him. There are so many pronouns there that we don't know which one is which. For he, God, had made Jesus, which is the him, to be seen for us, which is Emeka. Hallelujah. Who knew no sin? <laughs> Hallelujah. Who knew no sin? That's Jesus who knew no sin. That we might be made, what? The righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, let's assume you don't understand the long language. What he's just trying to say is this. That when Jesus died on the cross, hallelujah, he became sin. Jesus was not a sinner. Hey. Listen. Jesus was not called this was not made sin because he had sinned before. He had never lied. He had never stolen. He had never done anything wrong. But when he was on that cross, he was made sin. Why? Because he, he identified with you. And so your sin was put laid on Christ. Hallelujah. In the same way, not because you have done right. His own righteousness too. Are you understanding me? Hi. Your own, his own righteousness too has been given to you. No, there are some people that argue, you know, because they don't even understand what righteousness is. Some people think in the Bible, in the New Testament, there's a difference between holiness and righteousness. Righteousness, in the context in which Paul was communicating it, was talking about the fact that when a man gets born again, it's a God giving him right standing with him. Hallelujah. Are you understanding me? It's just like you meet someone for the first time. Maybe a politician or a very important person in society. And then uh, you call him chief. So and so he said, no, call me John. It's righteousness there. He's telling you how to relate with him. That means don't feel bad. Yes, sugar daddies do that to small girls. See the old man. You know. And then he will say, don't worry. Don't. Say, oh, he will call him uncle, uncle, whatever. I say, don't call me uncle. Call, call, call. <laughs> and then he said, call me my first name. 
What is he trying to do? He's trying to say, hey, you are allowed to relate with me on my level. Amen. That's what God has done for us. Are you with me? That's righteousness. Amen. You are allowed, amen, to relate. I'm not saying, listen, that I said, oh, maybe I tell the child, don't call me so-so. Call me, don't call me Uncle John. Call me John. I'm trying to say that I'm not going to be offended if you call me John. So call me John. It doesn't mean you are now old, but all it means is that in this our relationship, we are relating on the same level, on first name basis. Amen. That's how God is relating with us on that basis. Amen. Are you with me? Hallelujah. So, he became seen for us. Was, when the Bible says he became seen, do you know what he's saying? Jesus died like a criminal. Do you know that? Hanging on the cross is like dying by firing squad or by electric chair. You understand that? In our day now, in some countries, capital punishment, they, they, they electrocute the man. It's a shameful way of dying. So people are killed that way for extreme crimes. Someone doesn't go and steal bread from the shop and they electrocute him. Are you understanding me? When there is treason, a treasonable offense, they say this man has committed high treason. He should die. And he's not just going to die, he's going to die a shameful death. So in the time that Jesus lived in, the cross was the shameful death of that time. So when he was on that cross, there was nothing worse they could do to him. Are you understanding me? So he became sin on that cross. What kind of sin? <laughs> All that sin is. The degree of sin that you had was what was on him. So that you could also access the degree of righteousness that he had. Amen. Are you with me? So there is an exchange. There was an exchange. That's why the same way Jesus went into the presence of the Father. The same way we also now can come into the presence of the Father. He says so in Hebrews 4, 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Why are we coming boldly? Because we'll be made righteous. Amen. We'll be made righteous. You have been made righteous. Amen. Glory to God. Now, Paul is saying to us by the Spirit that for us to be protected against the wires of the devil, we must put on this armor of righteousness. Amen. We must wear it. When you wake up in the morning, carry it with you. Hallelujah. Everywhere you're going, take this armor of righteousness with you. Don't leave it at home. Because when you don't cover your heart, he's saying that that righteousness is what covers your heart from guilt and condemnation. How many times did you see Jesus about to pray for a sick person? He said, hold on. And he starts confessing his sin first. Hello? Did it ever happen? I'm asking, did it ever happen? No. Why? It was this righteousness consciousness. Everybody say righteousness consciousness. <laughs> That's the ammo. The consciousness of righteousness. Become so conscious of righteousness. Amen. 
a child went to his father's office and they didn't allow him enter. they said oh, your dad is busy he said he's busy for me hallelujah pushed the door and entered what confidence amen if he's busy he's busy for me so you will not want you will see me amen are you understanding me that's confidence and god wants us to approach him that way amen hallelujah with confidence not because of see listen don't pray let me tell you something that will surprise you it is wrong for you to think the reason why you are qualified to pray is because you didn't tell a lie today that's now you are is your that's your own righteousness amen are there some of you that say you just check uh today <laughs> i've been a good boy today all right no every time we pray our confidence is in because is in what Christ had done for us. It's because of what Christ had done for us. Not because of what we have done right or what we have not done right. Are you with me? It is because of what Jesus did for me. The reason I'm boldly coming here is because of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's righteousness consciousness. That is an armor. Hallelujah. When you put it on. Hi. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Every day. When you wake up. You know sometimes when we make some statements. When we wake up in the morning. I'm a new creation. You know some people think that. The only confessions they should make. There are some believers that. When they wake up they feel that. Listen. The new creation confessions. <laughs> are confessions that keep. Refreshing your spirits. Strengthening you from within. Hallelujah. All the time. They are not inferior in any way to any other confession you will ever make. Because the basis of every blessing is on that. Hallelujah. So when you wake up in the morning and say, Father, I thank you for making me your child. I thank you because I'm a new creation. All things have passed away. You are evoking the righteousness consciousness again. Hallelujah. I know that Jesus made a statement when he was Raising Lazarus up. The Bible said when he got to the place. They told him about Jesus. He wept. Then he, started, he prayed a prayer. What was the prayer of Jesus? Very simple. He said father I know that thou hearest me. <laughs> Always. Glory to God. Amen. But I didn't say this for myself. I said it, I'm saying this to, because of those that are around. That they may know. Praise God. That he's saying, I'm not saying it for myself. I'm saying it so that others will hear. Father, I know that thou hearest me always. What kind of talk was that? Talking from that consciousness. Hallelujah. It's a righteousness conscious talk or thoughts. I, you know you, you always hear me. I know you always hear me. He said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. There's a scripture I love so much in 1 John 3 verse 1. He said, Behold what manner of love the Father had bestowed on us that we should be called the sons of God. Hallelujah. People of God, go and marry that scripture. Hallelujah. Go and meditate on it until the scripture changes your behavior towards God. Amen. Behold what manner of love the Father had bestowed, hallelujah, unleashed upon us, ayayah, glory to God, that we should be called the sons of God. That he had called you sons, 
There's nothing, there's nothing else he cannot do. Amen. Hey, I love the way Paul was writing one time. He said, if God did not spare his own son, is there any other thing? I'm just paraphrasing. If he didn't spare his son, he gave his son for us. Is there any other thing he will not give to us? Amen. Amen. Tell anybody, God loves me. I know now that God loves me. You know, let me say this. You are not saying it. You are, see, the reason why you say this thing is because of what the word of God said. Not just because of what, how you feel. No. Say, I feel. The, no, 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 no. Your feeling is too weak a basis for you to say that. The basis should be because God said it. Amen. At least First John 3 says that. What manner of love. Hallelujah. What manner of love the Father had bestowed upon me. Hiya. Glory to God. That I should be called the Son of God. And that's why I love that song so much. When we sing it, you know, Behold what manner of love the Father had given unto us. Behold what manner of love the Father had given. That we should be called. That is a wonderful song. A minister one day was in his house. And um, he had a healing ministry years ago. And he said, one day as he woke up in the morning, the voice of the Lord, the Lord said to him, called his name and said, I love you. He said, the moment that understanding, as God was telling him, I love you, the power of God came upon his life. As he was in the healing meeting, praying for the sick, he would just remember God said he loved me, and the cripple would stand up. And are you understanding me? That love is so powerful. Amen. Listen, when you understand God's love, everything in you that God has deposited in you will start manifesting. Amen. Are you listening to me? So, see, that's the armor we're talking about here. The righteousness, you cannot understand righteousness without first knowing that God loves you. If God loves you enough, what else will make him give you access to him like that? It's love. Amen. 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 Is there anybody that say, oh, I know why God did it for me. You know, there's a time God was stranded. One day, like I, I, I was the one that helped him. So, is that why God is helping you? I'm asking. No. God. Romans said, God commended his love towards us. That while we were yet sinners, he died for us. That we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not. Because he knew him not. Now, so we need to understand that that righteousness, consciousness, we must work on it every day. We must put it on before we go out. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me tell you how some believers think. Believers think that as you are going out from the house, because you didn't pray as you were supposed to pray. Because you didn't read your Bible the way you are supposed to read your Bible. You, as you leave the house, God will not be angry. Say, Ka. Truck. <laughs> Truck. That's not God. That's not God. Are you listening to me? That's not God. But the truth is, the devil knows that you are afraid that you didn't pray. Are you understanding me? <laughs> so he will not start. You know today you didn't pray. Anything can happen. Then, when you accept that fear, he now brings that thing that you're afraid of. Amen. On God's side, 
He didn't change his thinking. He didn't change his mind. God doesn't have mood swings. Are you understanding me? God doesn't have mood swings. Hallelujah. So someone asked me, so are you saying that God doesn't get angry? He does get angry. But let me explain something to you about God's love. The Bible says his love is an everlasting love. Hallelujah. But the Bible says his anger will not last forever. It's a moment, his anger is momentary, his love is everlasting. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So you understand it. His anger is momentary. If you study Psalm 103 down, you know, you will now say he will not always chide. That's the language used. He will not always be angry. Have you not seen even in the Old Testament, with all the people of God, the Israelites were very, very terrible. They were the worst set of people to ever lead. Any pastor, that's why when I read, I'm not, I don't have a problem as a pastor. Anytime I read the children of Israel, I'm consoled. I'm not, I don't have, I've never met brethren like that. Amen. 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 You are telling them go left. That's when they want to go right. When you say sit down, they say no, we want to stand. Are you understanding me? God will be upset. He will still protect them. Hallelujah. After I judge the one that <laughs> judged them. Amen. Are you with me? Tell anybody God loves me with an everlasting love. But his anger is for a moment. Say his love is forever. His anger is for a moment. Amen. Glory to God. So understand that. And function with that. That's why you cannot die. Because actually God doesn't want you to die. Amen. Untimely death of course I'm talking about. When the devil wants to do something in the life of the believer, he starts trying to make him believe it is God. You know, this God that is going to do this to you because of this. That's why God is going to do this to you. And then you start accepting it. That's what happened to Job. Do you know, for a long time, people thought it was God that was doing all the things to him. Hello? Huh? They thought it was God doing it to him. It's revelation that made us understand that it was the devil. That Satan was around. They thought it was God. God, ah, God has slaughtered his children. God has. It was the devil. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So as we close this year, you will see manifestations of God's love in your life. Amen. Your job is just to make sure that you put on that armor of righteousness. Because there's a confidence it gives to you. You're not afraid of, oh, no, 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 no. You see, I'm in a love, oh God, hallelujah. I'm in a love relationship with God. And God's love is not fickle. He's not going to change his mind tomorrow. I'm sure he'll be there for me tomorrow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I'm sure he will be there for me next year. Amen. Some people are so preached about hell and the judgment of God that people have looked at the whole thing. Do you know something? People think you can drive someone into the kingdom by fear. Check all the people that got born again just because of fear. They don't actually do anything noteworthy in the kingdom. If you don't give, what if Jesus come now? What do you come now? Say, let me give my life to Christ before he comes. Amen. I've shared with you how a young man, my friend, many years ago, um, I'd given my life to Christ, so he came to see me, and I was just sitting on my on the table, and I was just preaching the gospel to him. So I was just so enthused with what I was sharing. And I said, one day, the Bible says, we'll be caught up to be with the Lord. As I was trying to explain, express myself, I said, did my hand like I held my waist. Say, ah. I said, what happened? He said, I thought you were going now. <laughs> it's not a joke, seriously. I said, that's, and that's not what I intended. I was just talking and I said, one day we'll be caught up. And he just said, Hallelujah. And there's people that give their lives to Christ just because they're afraid. No. Give your life because you understand that God loves you so much. And you don't want to disappoint Him. Amen. Amen. Are you understanding me? You don't want to disappoint Him. Then you give your life to Christ because of that. And you start enjoying the love of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's see whether I could just take the next one now. So, having on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, he listed several armors. Hallelujah. We're in verse 13, right? Or 14. Of Ephesians 6. Now, give me 15. And your feet showed with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We won't be able to take that today. That's quite long. Now, but the point here is this. When you put on the whole armor of God, you will be able to stand against the wiles, the methods, the devices of the devil. You will be able to stand. No matter what Satan brings against you, you will be able to stand. Don't forget 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 5. The part that says, the weapons of our warfare, verse 4, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations. And so, these weapons that we have help us stand against the wiles of the devil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This year, you know, the Bible says, surely they shall gather. The Bible never said Satan will not attempt. He will gather, he will attempt. But it will not work. Amen. That's what the scripture said. Why won't it work? Because you have done your part. Amen. You put on the armor. 
so it's not going to prosper. And when you read that scripture in Isaiah 54, it still mentioned righteousness. I know some of you don't read and read the righteousness part. Verse 17 of Isaiah 54. So let's look at it so you understand that there's righteousness there. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou, that you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness. Are you seeing it? Is of what? Is of me, said the Lord. Amen. Amen. He always connected authority with righteousness. Authority is exercised when there is an understanding of righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Years ago when we used to do village crusades. There's a village we went to. And they told us a story. I've heard so those kind of stories. About a missionary or an evangelist that came to that town. And all the uh, people that are into occultism and all those kind of things. Said, what did you come to look for here? We'll show you something. And the man entered his room to sleep. And when he woke up in the morning, he was in the city um, town center, city square. What do you call it? Town square. Are you understanding me? Every village they have the town square. <laughs> That's his house is not near the town square. He cannot remember when they carried him. He woke up in the morning. He was on the floor. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Ran back to the room where they kept him, packed his things, and left the village. Amen. So they said, go and find out what we did to that man. But we understand our place. Amen. So the authority we're exercising is based on the understanding of righteousness. Amen. We say, it's you people that we sleep and you wake up outside. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Am I communicating? So in this season, don't be afraid. Fear not. Tell anybody, fear not. Tell anybody, fear not. Say, fear not. Say, God is with me. Do you actually believe God is with you? Do you believe that? Sisters, do you actually believe that? Then why do you run from dogs? Amen. Amen. No, no, I'm just saying that. Do you actually believe that? Listen, there's a confidence that God's word will build in you. That you will be unconsciously unafraid. Hallelujah. Are you understanding me? So you keep working on yourself. There are times where somebody, if, uh, uh, if I'm sitting down, they say, ah, what if somebody uh, points a gun at you? You say, ah, I don't know, I'll uh, be afraid. But there are times we face situations like that. And fear couldn't come out. There was no fear anywhere to come out. You understand? There was no fear anywhere to come out. Praise God. 
We didn't plan not to be afraid. Fear didn't show. Amen. Wise, the mind has been bombarded with the word of God. I was in, I was in a house some time ago, and they said robbers attacked not, not my house. Robbers attacked the place, and I was there. So they woke me up at night and said robbers are around, and they were arranging money. Say if they come, let them take this one. If you come, let them take this one. Arrange the money so that they will not kill us. Let them take this one. So we're trying to look from the window, trying to understand what was happening. Hey, everybody was panic everywhere. So I just woke up. You know, it's not like I knew that that kind of thing was going to happen. I just woke up. So like, what's happening? What's happening? They said, bend down, bend down. Don't let it in your head. <laughs> And all that. And I said, okay, what's happening? Was they say they've come, they've gathered the whole place. I think they're, they're killing the other neighbor. They'll come to us next. So we've kept this money in case they come. As we were all looking through the window, the word that came out of my I was not saying it to encourage them. No plague shall come near my dwelling. That's the word that came. They said, Amen. <laughs> then when I saw that, I said, No plague shall come near our dwelling. Amen. I said, then go and sleep. So, eh. I said, what are you arranging? I saw, see bundles, they kept money. I said, what are you keeping money? Go and sleep. No plague will come near our dwelling. Okay, okay. We went to lie down. Obviously, they are sleeping with, they just like, because I said, go and sleep. Nobody came. Hallelujah. Are you understanding me? Now, what I'm trying to say is that that confidence is based on the understanding of righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's based on the understanding of righteousness. I've shared this story before and I'll share it again. When I was a, stu- a student in school, somewhere uh, at late at night, a dark time, 12 midnight or thereabouts, I came back from town and I was very hungry. And those days when we were in school, we used to eat, um, um, what do you call it, a misai, bread and egg. The one that the Malan does. But I don't take his tea anyway. <laughs> so, I said, I must, that's the only place that will be open. And I was on my way to go and buy it. Not knowing that where I was passing, there were some boys there that were just there to rob. And they said, I just heard, hey, lie down. That's what I heard. And touch, they were shining this touch on my face. So I was trying to look at who was that, but the touch, I couldn't see. You know, and the touch was on my face like that. But someone was approaching me, maybe just standing like uh, seven or ten feet away, you know. Then I noticed that someone also was coming from behind me. So they were not in the same position. So the one behind me was coming. He was holding something in his hand. Like a gun. You know. Then I said lie down. I didn't. In the same way in which. You, you first lie down. Before you think. In the same way also. I looked at the floor. It was wet. It had just rained. What came out of my mouth was. I cannot lie down. 
The one in front asks, What did he say? He said, He said, No, go feel like that. <laughs> then the one in front said, Waste him! <laughs> there was no fear. So, I said, I cannot lie down. And then wisdom came. The anointing just came. And I called and I said, ah. I said, what's happening here? Oh, you poor vigilante. The one that was with touch. Now, dropped the touch. The other one, now, you know, was doing like this. Now stood up. They said, looking at each other. I said, well done. I continued going. It's when I left them that fear came. What happened just now? Praise God. What happened now? So I said, now I have time. I said, pray in tongues. <laughs> Amen. And I walked to the place. I didn't see the bread. I prayed in tongues, prayed in tongues. I had to pass there again. There's no other road to go. No other way. That's the only way to pass. So they were still waiting for me. And I got back. As I was coming from a distance, I was praying in tongues. I was just coming. When I got to, so you are the one that passed to this. I said, yes. It's okay now, okay. I said, well done, well done. You know, when I said you are vigilant, they still argued among themselves. So when I passed the second time, it was not like, eh? I was over here in uh, the conversation. So, I didn't call us vigilante. Make could stay as vigilante. Thieves. But the point here is that there was no fear at that moment. Why? It's the way the mind has been. You understand that? Praise God. And through this year, you will find yourself in that situation. Glory to God. A brother in church here was in Ambassador's Fellowship years ago. Robert came to his house. And he was living with his uncle. They broke into the house. When they got to him, they said, they pushed him to lie down. And one of them wanted to eat. Actually, tried to slap him. He said, do you know who I am? He said, who are you? And he said, I'm Ambassador. I mentioned his name. Ambassadors in church fellowship, just like citizens, dynasty. You know, I'm ambassador, so, so, and so. They now left him and said, beating the others. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. What gave him that confidence? It's not violence. It's the word of God. Hallelujah. It's the word of God. And I want to say to you that you need that confidence for the remaining part of this year. When you meet circumstances, you will re- see your response will be a word response. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I had the Bishop of uh, Living Faith share testimony about how um, his son was gasping for breath and about to die or something. Something was happening to him. And the wife came to come and see, come and see what your son is doing. Come and see what your son is doing. As he came there, the boy was gasping for breath. He said, open your mouth. The boy opened his mouth. He blew into his mouth. He said, okay, I'm going for the meeting. And he left. (laughs) What gives such confidence? Amen. Hallelujah. Are you understanding me? It's It's not somebody you met on the road. Your child. Amen. And I pray for you today. That through these remaining months of this year, hallelujah, in every circumstance, in every situation, 
The righteousness of God will make you exude confidence in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that you will be enveloped with a righteousness consciousness. That you will come to that place in your life where you understand that God loves you the same way he loves Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I pray for your minds to be open to these truths. I pray for your minds to be open to these truths. In the name of Jesus Christ. And now because of that, if you were sick in this place, sickness leaves your body right now. That infection leaves your body right now. That love drops from your body right now. From the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. Everything like sickness, everything like disease passes out now in the name of Jesus. Because of that consciousness of his love. Every hold of the devil around your life, upon you in any way is broken in the name of Jesus. You are loosed in the name of Jesus Christ. Victory is yours because God is for you. God is for you. God is for you. Lack cannot be against you. God is for you. Lack cannot be against you. God is for you. September will not be against you. God is for you. 2011 will not be against you. God is for you. God is for you. Say God is for me. God is for me. He's on my side. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Thank you.